What's going on, guys? This is the Music Frenzy Podcast, and we are back. We're going to be talking to you about some Pantera. Metallica. And... Word up. And Joey's thoughts on how Luxie Turner is the best song to come out since Edging. How, how come How come I either have to hate it or love it? I can't just enjoy things, you know, casually. Fire. I, I just... I, I think because you really like edging and and the, the, not the action but no oh, the action too but, but the song and i, mean, I think the only like reason the why you like the song is because you're such a diehard blank fan I'm a diehard tom in blank fan oh so you didn't like matt skiba i thought matt are we skiba, really gonna talk about this all again i thought matt skiba was good in alkaline and i just didn't think it was a good fit in blank fair enough so this episode we're gonna talk about the biggest news that's has pretty much come out in the past two weeks, and that's the new Metallica and Pantera tour. Well, I wouldn't consider it and Pantera. I keep saying that. It's more no, like special guests. Yeah, it's more of the new Metallica tour that came out, and Pantera is, you know, opening up for them, and they haven't played in what? How many years? I think since 2000, 2001. Yeah, 20-something so. years. Yeah. So, Did you happen to see uh, the footage of Cowboys from Hell and or any footage from them playing in Mexico. I saw this is uh, this love. Yeah, that um, I heard them come out to a uh, Cowboys from Hell and dude, it sounded so awesome. I think them picking up Zach Wild to play um, you know, in Dime's position is a really good idea considering, you know, I feel like if anybody can do his tone and style of guitar playing, it is Zach Wild. That's See, just my. At first, I thought you know. I don't know as much as I love Zach Wild. If that was going to be my first pick to someone to sub in or replace, who, who uh, would Don? your first pick be? Uh, oh, that's not a, that's not an. He, he has a very inimitable style, I think. But uh, I did hear a couple bits and pieces of you know them in Mexico, like you said, and it uh, it, you know, it worked. It was good. So I was you know, proven wrong. Yeah, I I, I kind of like I said I think that Zach Wild is a amazing pick. Because, you know, Dime is, you know, known for his signature, you know, the dive bombs and, you know, squeals. Yeah, the squeals and everything. And I think that's a sound that Zach Wilde also does. And, you know, that's what makes his style of play and his tone what it is, is those same, you know, dive bombing, like, squeals that he does on a guitar. Yeah, so let's talk about this tour. Uh, You know, Metallica has announced... And rather out of nowhere, the M- uh, the 72 Seasons album. That's the album name? That's the album name. And I watched an interview of James Hetfield and where you get the name, 72 Seasons. So 72 Seasons equates to 18 years. So it's basically like, you know, an individual, you get the first 18 years of your life to kind of figure out, you know, a whole lot of different things. And then, you know, you graduate high school, you legally it's become an adult. And then, you know, now it's your turn to to do something with that, yeah. with what you've learned. And that's what the album name is about. So that's pretty cool. Like start a podcast. And I, I don't I think they're in their 50s. Metallica? So, so can we get somebody to fact check that? Um, so they're calling this no repeat weekend, which is pretty cool. It's a concept that I saw them debut when they did. It was either the last Rock in the Range or the first Sonic Temple out in Columbus, Ohio. They were the headlining acts 
each of the three nights for this festival, and they played three completely different sets. So there was a reason to see them right. each of the three nights. So for this tour, they're kind of applying that whole concept to the same tour. I think it is going to be pretty cool that it's two nights and two different sets. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to do like a, you know, like a greatest hits set and then a more of a deep cut set. I, I, I was thinking how they were going to do that. If I had to take a guess, they'd probably keep it pretty balanced because they don't want to, you know. Like turn off one crowd or not? Yeah, load up one crowd and well, not the other. It, it's funny because we saw Red Hot Chili Peppers back in, I forget when it was, and they had a similar, you know, two-night set at um, the link. And, you know, night it was, you know, greatest hits and then deep cuts, but they didn't tell you which day was when what. So you kind of just rolled the dice, and we unfortunately got the day that was more deep cuts, which – you know, it is what it is, but yeah, yeah, everybody wants to listen to, you know, the, the greatest hits. Yeah, and Danny California. Yeah, their own song. No. Ayo. So, um, James Hetfield is pushing 60. That's how old my dad is. Um, so Was your th- dad a Metallica? He was. He nice. was. Um, you were Odie. He was right before. Was he a Dave, groupie? No, he was right before <laughs> Dave Mustaine. He was a guitar player that Dave Mustaine replaced. Was your dad, was your dad a groupie for Metallica? That's awesome. Well, that was afterwards. That was 10 years <laughs> afterwards. So the no-repeat weekend. So, yeah, they're doing two nights, two completely different sets, two openers. And now this is where I think they did front-load this because the first night of each stop on the tour has Pant- a reformed Pantera. Um, and unfortunately, it's um, you know not the original classic lineup, but it is a pretty good uh, you know second runner-up. Uh, so you got Phil and Samo on vocals. You got mm-hmm. Rex Brown on the bass player, the mm-hmm. you know originals. Uh, on drums, replacing Vinnie Paul is Charlie Benante. I think that's how you pronounce I that. I think so. But I believe he was. Well, well, he was an Anthrax, right? Yes. Yeah, he was. He was Anthrax's drummer. Um, so you know, he's going to be shredded up on the kit, and then um, filling in for Dimebag because he could never replace him. So subbing in for Dimebag, you got the hardest working man in metal, Zach Wild. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be killer. Um, so that's, you know, the one opener. And then Mammoth Mammoth WVH, Wolfgang Van Halen. It's his band that he's in now that uh, he's no longer playing with Van Halen. Uh, so that's night one. Night two, I then, didn't know that. is Five that's Finger Death Punch and Ice Nine Kills. Um, so I'm more excited for night one. <laughs> not going to lie. Yeah. That um, night one is Pantera, right? Yeah, night one yeah. is Pantera, well, and it's another interesting thing is they're not doing it like back. At least on East Rutherford where we're going, they're not doing it back to back. Yeah, it, it's Friday it, and Sunday. You know, it's weird because you know, you got let's say like a festival or like even like a tour. A lot of the times, um, you have two sets. You know, where when one uh, not sets like um. Like stage production, you always have two sets where you're playing the one, and then the crew is at the next date setting up. Right. You know something like when we saw Ramstein. Ramstein was like a couple weeks in between each set because of how much stuff they had on stage, and they had to, you know, pack it all up and then take it over to their next place, and, um, you know. Yeah, especially depending on the size it's, of the tour. It, it, it's kind of weird that they're setting it up. And having a night's rest in between because are they going to have a different stage set up or are they just, you know, 
maybe the bands have you know conflicting dates when they're with their tours and maybe you know i don't know i don't know why it's there's a, a gap like that yeah. i kind of wish it was like one day and then you know it's what friday and sunday so friday, i think friday and saturday would have been better yeah so fortunately you know for us especially because it's a hike it's what like an hour and a half yeah east rutherford's i mean it's not close but it's not that far um <clears throat> but if you could imagine it's enough to bitch like yeah well like what if it was two and a half hours yeah. and you had to do that twice that, that would fucking suck but um and another thing that i think is weird is that the these are kind of like these dates are like all over the place like the first stop of the tour is in amsterdam and that's in late april and then you get like two three weeks and the next stop is paris that's in middle of may and then germany's late may um, then you got the Donington down. They're playing Download Festival in June. It's, it's all, you know. <clears throat> this is all part of that tour. Yeah, this is a, these are this is the first stop, and then they're after Download. They're playing in Sweden, and then from Sweden so, they're coming to East Rutherford, New Jersey. How many dates are they playing in the states? Uh, in the states, it's not a whole lot. Uh, this is like so, like eight shows or something. Well, if you're counting, let's say stops because they're playing multiple shows. So they got Jersey. Then they're going to Quebec, Canada, then Texas, L.A., Phoenix, St. Louis, Detroit, and that's it. That's all they're doing in PA. So what's – or not PA. Um, the United, United States. Not even the United States because that's Canada. So that's one. North two, America. Three, four, five, six. Six stops in that uh, North American. I'm actually surprised on how cheap these tickets actually were. How, how how much did you pay? I think we paid like it's like two twenty a ticket. I uh, I uh, got you got two hundred level and I got three hundred level. Yeah. So I paid about one fifty a ticket. Yeah. Which again equates to what like seventy bucks, eighty bucks for each yeah. night, which which is not bad at which all. Which is awesome. Like did you see? Um, I saw on TikTok they were talking about the seven thousand dollar package. Did you see that? Well, we were talking about that. I didn't see it directly, but you were telling me. Um. You know what? I think some guy was splitting that with what, like. No, so bucks? we, you know, I I saw the breakdown on TikTok to you know make it worth it, and honestly, seven grand sounds like a lot of fucking money, but I believe, you know, don't quote me, um, that you're allowed to bring seven guests with you per day, and they could be different guests. You're allowed seven people to bring with you. Um, you get a whole bunch of like a, a ca- not a case of beer, but like you know a fridge of beer. Uh, each person you bring gets one free merch item of their choice, and you get a your own you know private VIP viewing area. So if you were to take what sit uh, sixteen people and you know, I think it's like three hundred and something dollars a person. Which well, if you if you if it was. Seven people each time, and you're the eighth, but you're the same each time, so that's 15, 15 different people across yeah. two days. 7000 divided by 15 is a little over $466 per person. You definitely just, like, let me see your I phone. Did. It's right here on my phone calculator. <laughs> There's yeah. no way he was off the top with, with that. <laughs> Absolutely not. But a little over 400 I'd pay that. If I, had, if I had 15 people I could coordinate this with, I would absolutely do that, and it would be unforgettable. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, um, that's really cool. And this whole, what do they call it? The snake pit is like the VIP area. I don't know. Um, Metallica. Weren't you in the snake pit? I wasn't in the snake pit, 
because they didn't do it tell, at the, the, t- the tell festival me your, I went at. Tell me your story about Metallica. So I saw them when they came out with Hardwired to Self-Destruct back in 2016. Um, I saw them three times within a 12-month period. The first time was at the Lincoln Philly where I got GA seats. I was probably, I wasn't up at the barricade, but I was damn close. Um, which was really cool, and it was the first and only time I'd ever seen uh, a show at the Link. Then a week later, I caught them at Rock on the Range in Columbus, Ohio, which is a three-day massive festival. They were the headliners of Sunday night, so basically they closed out the whole festival weekend, and for that one, I was right up against the barricade for the, you know, probably the first half of the set. And everyone around me was a lot taller than I was. Um, so I was kind of getting squished between all these. But Joey, how, how tall are you? 4'10"? Yeah, 4'10". Yeah. Um, Fucking gnome bitch. <laughs> so I, I, you know, get the guy's attention next to me. He lifts me up to go over the barricade so right. I can, you know, get out of there. Um, but instead of going right over the barricade, I ended up standing on top of the barricade. Was it just one guy who picked you up or was there like two guys who like hoisted you over no, there's one guy he did the thing where you know he locks your hands together and he like leans down so you can like step on him and then he pushes you up yeah you know that's concert etiquette did he ask if you smelled he did not ask but everyone kind of smelled it was rainy and people were doing a lot of fucking weed he was like they were doing weed they were doing they were doing, <laughs> they they were were doing d- the weed doing weed how dare they? Someone sold me mushrooms for $10 at that show. You did not take them. I, I, I didn't know if they were really mushrooms because nothing happened after I ate them, but I did eat them. <laughs> Somebody sold you like some fucking portobello mushrooms? It might have been. It was Julian's money. I, I didn't even spend my own money on that. But I'm standing on the barricade. That's sus. And I'm, I'm probably as close, as close as I am to you right now, mm-hmm. which is what, 10 feet? Yeah. That's how close I was to James Hetfield as he's playing whatever he's playing. I turn around and I look at the crowd and it was you know it's a, it's a soccer stadium so everyone on the what would have been the field and then everyone in the stands I think I looked online it was like 65 or 70,000 people that's crazy and I saw all of it and it all of this happened in probably two or three or four seconds it was not a long like the time but it felt it was like in slow motion and it was just one of the coolest things I'd ever seen and then the, the security officer yanked me down off the barricade um, and I walked back but um, did you feel like a badass? We were like, fuck yeah, I was I on did. stage. I wish I had been able to take a picture of that. Who who else was with you? Um, that year I went with my high school friend Julian and just two other guys that we were friends with. Or maybe that year we only went with the, the one guy. Mm. I don't remember. Um, but that was really cool. And then I saw them at the Wells Fargo Center in October of that year. So if that was May, then I saw them in October. So three times in one year. Um and it's a it was a it's a good show. So you know one of the big things I, is I've never seen them. I'm excited. Everyone loves to say that Metallica sold out, and I think that depends on your definition of selling out and if it's a good or a bad thing. I don't think there's a concrete answer. But one thing that you cannot argue with—that's not an opinion on whether they're good or bad—is that they are the most. They sell the most tickets out of pretty much any rock, <laughs> metal, punk any kind of rock band and, and quite a bit of pop artists. Mm-hmm. They're one of the most profitable bands there are, and I think that's one pretty good metric to denote success Yeah, is, you know, how much money you can generate. Um, but they, you know, they do things to keep it interesting, um, like with this no-repeat weekend concept. I think, I don't know, I've never seen any other band that had, you know, a two-night set 
or like Las Vegas residencies. I know that's like a pretty big thing. Aerosmith is doing that right now. I don't know if they do that um, mm-hmm. because like the idea is that typically people are going for one night out of like these two night sets or these residencies. Um, so it doesn't matter if you play the same songs. Did they sell? Like, are they selling one night tickets right now, or is it only right now? It's just the two day pass. Yeah. Um, they said that. You think it sells out? I, I think it might. Um, so there's a very limited amount of single day tickets are going to go on sale at the end of January. Wow. Um, and it's basically whatever's left over. Yeah. Um, and I was con- considering doing sense. that because I really, I, I would have been just okay seeing them with Pantera and Mammoth. Um, yeah, I especially mean, especially at the prices that the tickets were. I'm happy that I got the two day pass. Yeah, I mean, you might as well go. I, uh, I've seen. I ha- obviously I haven't seen Pantera. I saw Phil Anselmo with um, his other band, Superjoint. Okay. Actually, I think I've seen Superjoint and Down. Down's. I, I haven't listened to Superjoint, but I li- I like Down. Superjoint was cool. We interviewed them. That was. I would. I want to see the Electric Factory. Uh no, it was at the Troc. The Trocadero. Yeah. That was what, Chinatown? Like, I think that was in Chinatown. Somewhere around there. I think I actually saw them on maybe Cold Chamber. Uh, maybe that was a different show. I'm surprised Cold Chamber's still playing. Well, again, this was 2014, maybe. That was cool. Dude, talk about weed, bro. Oh, I, I walked into that back room, and it was like, I, I didn't see any anywhere, but like you can you smell couldn't see it. anything because there was a thick fog. Dude, it was like, like it hit. I was like, God damn <laughs> like so fucking strong but um they were cool that that was definitely a, a cool show my dad was shooting photos for um for the website and you know how there's always you know the general mission area and then there's the gate and then that's where like the security guard is well that's where press sits so that's where you all take your photos you're right up on stage right. phil Selma walks out does like this big spitball, you know, snot and fucking everything gross. and pff, spits grazes my dad's face. That's gross. Grazes, dude. Like a wad of fucking snot was on the floor. That's gross. Um, so what do you think then? Un- unrelated to Pantera, but <coughs> what do you think about the new Metallica single? I, I mean, I wasn't a fan of their Hardwired album. I don't know. I'm not the biggest Metallica fan. I like, you know, the Injustice for All album. I like Kill That's 'Em All, favorite. but I just I don't know. Saint Saint Anger. Yeah, everyone. You know, obviously. Will... I think Frantic's my favorite. Uh, um, Metallica song. You think so? That is a good one. Yeah. A lot of people will point to the first four albums as being their best, and then they'll point to the Black album as like where they kind of sold out. Because that was their, I think, their most selling album. And then Load and Reload, everyone takes a shit on. St. Anger, everyone takes a shit on. And then we get uh, Death Magnetic, which people are like, ah, it was kind of good. And Hardwired. Hardwired, I had high hopes for it. I wasn't let down, but it really didn't meet my expectations. But I think that's partially my fault for having them so high. That was a good album. Um, but this single, Luxy Turner, for the M72 album... Or 72 seasons, I think sounds a lot like Kill 'em All guitar. A lot of people are trashing the solo, saying that it was kind of lame. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
the core of the song. Dude, I, I think the best part about the song was Lars on drums. Yeah. That, I think his drums were fucking incredible. Yeah, the, the the instrumentation really reminded me of the first two Metallica albums, Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, and then the vocals. They weren't what I expected at all, and I don't even know how to place them. They're not, they're not the scratchy, raw vocals from the first four albums, but they're not like the laid-back like deeper voice that he kind of found on load and reload and death magnetic um i mean whatever he's doing is working for him lars that's probably the best drumming we've heard from lars ever um and yeah the solo a lot of people i'm seeing were complaining about the solo i didn't really think much of it you know listening to it myself but then when people were pointing out like it was kind of lacking i said all right i guess i see it but um the rest of the song is is good enough to carry it in my opinion I, I'm just I'm personally not a fan of James Hetfield's voice. Really, I, I I don't know what it is about it. I just I can't get behind it. What do you think, James Hetfield or Dave Mustaine vocals? I don't think you can compare the two. Well, which one? If you if I if I told you to pick, which one? You it's not my to? genre of music I listen to. I'd honestly go with Dave Mustaine. Yeah, I think he's got a, a better range than James Hetfield does. I think Dave, you know, can hit high notes and, you know, along with his, you know, standard voice. Yeah, I was watching. I, I, I think James, James Hetfield tends to sing very kind of monotone. Like, he always has his same same vocal range. He doesn't... It is, it's, it's, it's relatively narrow. I'd give you that. I think in this song, he, like the, the chorus where he, you know, says the name of the song... And he hits that higher note. Yeah, that's probably the most range we've gotten out of him. And yeah, I've haven't heard time. him hit any like higher notes like that. But um, Dave Mustaine does have that nasally. Do you see he's all over TikTok? No, I haven't seen. Dude, that, it's fucking awesome. But he's got this nasally voice that I think really kind of works for that genre of music. And it's funny to think that the only reason he even sings in Megadeth is because when he formed the band, he could not find anyone to sing. So it was like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Because he wanted to be just a guitar player. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's kind of where we're at with uh, bass players. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> In other news, we went to the Trent Punkrock Flea Market today. How was that? That was pretty cool. Um, it was the first time that I've gone since 2017, and it was the first time that I've gone at the Cure Arena. Yeah, that, dude, that was pretty cool. It, it used to be in like a warehouse across the street yeah. from the Cure Arena, and I, let me tell you, they had a lot of vendors this year, man. You know, usually in the past, you know, I'm not gonna say anything about the vendors, but it was very, um, a lot of artwork, a lot of, you know, little tacky stuff that people are trying to sell. But I think this year they had a lot of really decent stuff. I know. <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> Uh, I know me and Zach walked away with some beef jerky, and uh, I think I got uh, it was called Sweet Reaper, so Carolina Reaper, and yeah. Did Did you buy any of that um uh, that seasoning from the popcorn guy, Zach? Yes, I did. Yeah, it, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think I like that better than the jerky. Did Did you try the the ghost pepper popcorn? Yeah, yeah, ate all of it. Dude, that shit was hot as fuck. My tongue was burning terribly for. A good 15 minutes after that. So, and yeah, that, your dad brought up a really good point about how it used to be, 
you know, a lot more music related. I mean, it is the tr- the punk rock flea market. That's true. Um, and when we, you know, I've only been these two times, the one time in 2017 and this year now. Uh, but in 2017, it was, there was a lot more, it was a lot smaller, but it was a lot more music related. Yeah, o- um, old vinyls, old cassettes. Yeah. You know, you know I remember they used to have like a lot of, beat vinyls that they would sell you know yeah. a couple bucks which that's why i wanted to go this year i wanted to go to you know yeah, they were I'm, cheap. Just, I'm just getting back into my vinyl collection got a new record player yesterday and <clears throat> i wanted to look for some cheap ass vinyl of you know and all the vinyl the cheapest vinyl i saw today was 45 dude it's insane and i was just telling my dad that it's like i i know you're paying for like 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 the collector idea of it like you know that's something they could physically have but but it wasn't like that before. I, I can't it, it's just hard, you know, when you could you could buy an Apple Music subscription for ten bucks and then you have like a seventy dollar vinyl, you know, it, it doesn't I, I think it kinda sucks. Like I, I would love to buy a lot more records and more vinyl, but it's just it's hard to afford it all. Yeah, well it's you kinda you gotta hunt the deals and a lot of what you're seeing now is reissues so it's new um so they're charging new prices um when i first started getting into vinyl uh like middle school and high school i would go to these shops and i was buying like you said beat up old fucking records um and uh, they were they were there for listening they really weren't like collector pieces so they weren't charging collector money yeah you know a, a lot of vinyl back in the day it was just you know the typical black vinyl with the with the center disc of you know the album name and yeah. now you can get them in picture discs different colors now they're um you know number to a, a thousand which you know and that's where the price comes i i like to i'll pay the premium price of having something that not everybody else has i think that's pretty cool and the fact that you know vinyls do last a long time and you'll always have it essentially yeah and a lot of uh, the vinyl you know production vinyl from the the 70s and the 80s was, you know, really flimsy and thin. Yeah. And I forget what the name for it was, but someone came out with, um, you know, uh, a manufacturing process for the vinyl that you could bend it, like, almost in half and it wouldn't snap. Really? It was really flimsy. And That's now, how they make it now? Um, well, this was back in, I, I don't know if they still do it this way, but it was back in, like, the 80s. But now a lot of stuff, you know, that gets reissued back on vinyl is, like, 180 gram and it's real yeah. thick and it's real heavy and it's, like... It, like it doesn't flex at all. I want to know how they actually get the sound in the vinyl. Like I, I've seen, you know, them press it down, but I want to know how they like they actually get it to, you know, produce music. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I think the way they do it is that the groove, like you just see one groove looking at it, you know, when you're holding it in your hands. But if you had it at a microscopic level, it's like a lot of really small grooves in kind of one spot, and the way it vibrates the needle is just identical to the recording and that's how it does have you ever played a vinyl with like the volume of the speakers down yeah and and you can hear it very faintly yeah coming from because that's i don't think that's coming through your speed that's coming from the fucking disc itself really yeah so it has something to do with that's badass and they were able to do that shit i mean the phonographs like pre-records what early 1900s late 1800s yeah 1920s i don't know a long time ago they had that tech, you know, similar technology, same concept. You're showing me that picture. Do you want to talk about it? 
You want you want to talk about this picture you're showing me, Zach? Yeah, Zach, Zach's over here disrupting the podcast with his artistic style. What does that sign say? Joey loves Nick. Does he? Oh, that's what it says. Loves. Oh, okay, my bad. Let me see it. Flip it around. Oh, that's not what it says. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it says at all. But yeah, I, I think today was uh, a lot of people show uh, came out. I know the flea market ran uh, yesterday and today. I think they over they had over like a hundred or two hundred vendors, um, food trucks popping. I know I got um, the hell I get a brisket sandwich with coleslaw. And, that shit was good. Uh, and fries. That shit was good. Uh, Zach, what did you get? These Korean beef tacos. They were awesome. They they respectfully. Did, they did look good. And you you got your little the, the Polish uh, the um the uh, the pierogies the pierogies and and the kibasi. <laughs> did you try the kibasi? No, uh, no. And that's the thing when these when these kind of events get like big on this level, you know, they attract more and more people every year, and then they want to get a bigger venue, and um, then you, you get a I, lot I, less of the core. I, I don't want to say values, but like the principle on which it was founded or created for. Simmer down there, gatekeeper. I do like to gatekeep, but uh, I, I, you, get, you, get a, you get a lot more <laughs> like like people like art shit, and like that's cool. There was a lot. Of, it was a lot of cool stuff, but there was. A, a lot of it that had nothing to do with punk rock. I mean, there was. I'm getting really uncomfortable with the way that you're playing with your feet right now. No, you like it, dude. Don't even front. Yeah, you there, there there was a stall just for like the person was like a photographer that just took pictures of different places in Jersey, and their whole thing was you know uh, I think it was like New Jersey's not boring, which was a cool concept. Um, oh my god, but but what does that have to do with punk rock? You know, there's a lot of pop this culture is shit. punk rock. You know, like some people were selling like action figures and toys. Like none of that had anything to do with punk rock. A lot of stickers. Um, I, I really didn't think it had anything to do with punk rock, but it was cool to see. I mean, I I appreciated it. <laughs> yeah, I got a tattoo today. That was pretty cool. Well, what does it say? Nick loves <laughs> Joey. No, I think it's a devil head. But the guy who was tattooing me, I got a devil head. <laughs> The guy who's tattooing me is, um, I think they have a shop based out of Jersey. I would plug him. I just don't know. Yeah, you can't even do the man of solid and give him a plug. Yeah, I, I, I forget, forget the name. Um, That's rude. I'll definitely link the description to their page. But the guy was telling me that, and it was actually pretty cool because I actually met him. The original guy who played Michael Myers, I can't think of the name. I think it was Tony. T- Nick's over here telling a story. He doesn't know the pl- the people, the names, nothing. All right. It, Fucking Joe Schmall on the street and some other guy off the street. <laughs> the, the guy's name's Tony. And he played the original Michael Myers, and he was about to get a tattoo. And I met him, and it was fucking cool. Tony Moran. There you go. That's what the name yeah, was. Yeah, so he was there. Uh, you know, autograph signing, yeah, merch, prints. We also got to meet the one and only Vinny Apice. That yeah, was pretty cool. Played in Dio and Black Sabbath. Yeah, and, we, uh, Gina Shock of the Go Go's was there. Not really punk rock, but pretty cool nonetheless. Yeah, she was cool. You 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 got to meet her. Yeah, I met her. Hopefully, we'll try and get her on the podcast pretty soon. Yeah, I met her. I met Vinny. I met Tony, but I didn't get a I didn't get a picture or an autograph from Tony. But he was he was really cool. And well, he was getting a tattoo right after you, right? Yeah, directly after me. Like I was getting tattooed, and then the guy tells me he's like, "Yeah, um, you know, Tony, well, however you say his last name." coming to get tattooed. He wanted something on his neck. And I asked him, I was like, I what are you tattooing? He's like, I don't know. But I'll do it, whatever. 
I know this guy was telling me how he's tattooed Missy Elliott. He's tattooed uh, the guy who plays played Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on the original one, Willy Wonka the Chocolate uh, Factory. Um, so yeah, pretty cool guy. Um, that was it was a good time. Let's talk back on this more Metallica tour. Um, yeah, so I mean, we pretty much covered all the bases with the tour and the new album. Um, I think, uh, you know, Pantera. Why, why are y'all looking at each other like that? No, nah, I was just saying that the drummer's on his way. You're not even wearing a watch. <laughs> you want me to check the time? We, we're going to end up wrapping this up. We're going to wrap this up pretty soon. I want to run over the fact that, you know, Five Finger Death Punch and um, Ice Nine Kills are also on this tour <laughs> This tour with Metallica. And I don't know. I'm excited to see Ice Nine Kills. I know they're kind of. Word up. They're, they're kind of like, you know, I don't want to say gimmicky Old. is the word, but they have, you know. Fire. Like a whole thing that they, they do with the, like the horror stuff. And. I'm I'm excited to see them perform live. I like their last album they came out with. I think um, I get Ice Nine confused with the, this other rapper, Vanilla Ice. No, not Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I'd like to take this opportunity to point out that Nick has been sitting with his pants around his ankles for the last ten minutes, <coughs> and we've and I've made it this far without bringing it up. I mean. Zach was just like that earlier. You got to do what you got to do. Anyways, I am excited to see Five Finger Death Punch again. Say what you want to say about them. I did. I've seen them three times. <laughs> they, they put on a good show. But yeah. Dude, you only need three fingers for a death punch. I don't know what this five business is. Wow. Well, on that note, let's end the episode. Thanks for watching, guys. Um, you didn't even make any of the announcements you needed to make. I, I don't have any announcements I want to make. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, for future music news and tour announcements, check the website, musicfrenzy.net. Um, yeah, be sure to follow us Tech on... Tech Nine, that's who I was thinking of. Tech Nine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's cool. So you just picked the wrong word. I, well, yeah, I was thinking Ice, but it was really Nine. Yeah. But thanks for listening, guys. You can catch us on... We're now on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon. Oh, for all those people that, you know, use Amazon for stuff. Yeah. For music. At my dad, because he uses Amazon for whatever fucking reason. But are we gonna press these onto vinyl records while we're at it? We could. That would be fire, and sell them for seventy bucks. Yeah, just so. like the flea market. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Uh, you have a good one. Peace, Peace out.